the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let the kids be kids. I think you might have noticed that uh, schools have been closed for two months, and based on what we've been hearing, when or if, I guess it still is, they go back as scheduled in September. It's going to be, I think, with masks and maybe a schedule that will keep the classrooms less crowded. They'll stagger the schedule. Kids will go at different times. Uh, they won't be. It won't be like a normal school day. Uh, that's just some of the stuff I've been hearing. I, I'm not. None of this is official, as far as I know. Uh, but you know, the, no food uh, in the cafeteria. They'll have to bring their. I think bring their own lunch. Uh, sit uh, six feet apart, of course, in the cafeteria. I, you know, little kids in the elementary school, I'm guessing, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to guess that they wouldn't be allowed to play on the playground or have any kind of a gathering more than, I don't know, they'll put a number on it, it'll be insane. Um, but uh, it'll be lots of insanity that'll drive the kids and their parents nuts. And shutting down the schools may have made sense two months ago when nothing was known about the Wuhan virus and a lot of what the experts thought they knew turned out to be wrong. We're still hearing from... Uh, uh, as far as kids go, uh, Little League Baseball uh, <clears throat> is offering youth baseball organizations. It says here, this is from the actual Little League, not, you know, your rec league or your township league. This is the official Little League with capital L's uh, is offering youth baseball organizations a pathway forward as they start uh, they eye a restart amid this pandemic. The organization released a series of best practices guidelines this week. And, um, I, you know, it's going to be the normal stuff. Uh, you have to be careful. You can't shake hands. You can't high five, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, the kids are being just tortured. And PIAA, there's, uh, there's, there was a meeting today. They came out with a statement. Then the PIAA, uh, PIAA, that's the, uh, state athletic organization. They came out with a statement. They're going to follow PA reopening guidelines, Pennsylvania reopening guidelines, to decide when high school sports can start. Uh, and teams will be allowed to restart, according to the PIAA. This is from their statement today. Athletic activities once the governor's office gives approval to the school's respective counties. So I guess up in Warren County, where two people have the coronavirus, the last I heard, uh, they'll wait till there's only one before they can start playing. I don't know what it'll mean, but... You know, they should have ne- – why are they well, – we're going to find out later that they should have never uh, shut down the schools in those counties where there was very there, uh, very few um, – it uh, was very little evidence of people having a disease. But teams will be allowed to restart athletic activities once the governor's office gives approval to the school's respective counties. Uh, and, and they said there's not a, they're not providing a clear date for when, when workouts and team activities can resume. But they voted unanimously to give Executive Director Bob Lombardi the sole authority to decide when workouts can resume ahead of the fall season. So if you have uh, a kid or a grandkid who, who plays football, um, this is uh, maybe he's going to be a senior uh, in football, a senior in high school, and he plays football. And uh, you're wondering what's going to happen to his senior football season. Nobody knows. Uh, we don't know when they're going to let kids practice. You can't have a season without practice. You can't start uh, the last uh, Friday in August, which is usually right around the time when they start. You can't do that if you don't have uh, practices in uh, early August or late July. And uh, the District 11 chairman is Bob Hartman, and he said, why should we deny any kid or group of kids if they're permitted to do what they can do? I understand the concern of state championships down the road and what's fair and what's equitable, but you know what? That's October and November and that discussion, but that's six months from now. Five months from now, in my opinion, is if we can let kids go, let's let them go. Let them be kids. I think I just said that. Let's let them be kids. Uh, Let them be student athletes. Let them do their thing. Now, uh, for right now, nothing is going to be able to be open until at least June 30th. So that's uh, more than a month from now. 
And uh, Lombardi said all schools have closed activities until then, which is when the, uh, the school year ends. The current school year ends, uh, I guess, on June 30th. But um, the, 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 talk, the members were talking about how the restrictions in each phase could fluctuate and that it would be best not to make a decision based on the phases specifically. And they said it would be possible that limited workouts could be permitted in the yellow phase in a few weeks, but that's not allowed right now. So it's still going on with the kids, okay? And I told you a while ago that um, uh, my grandson plays uh, played lacrosse at Upper St. Clair. He had his senior season just canceled. And um, and uh, I know that uh, I think he told me that some of his friends were, were playing around out, out uh, somewhere out that, not in Upper St. Clair, somewhere else. And uh, someone called the Gestapo on them, and they were told to get off the field because, you know, Kids can't be gathered because they might get the coronavirus and end up in the hospital. So that's uh, <clears throat> this is all leading me to my my subject for the opening of the show here today. Uh, I don't even know where to begin because there are so many countries, and I don't know which is um, which is more impressive. I, I, I'm going to go with. I'll, I'll start you off with something simple. We'll start with Germany. Okay. Now this is what's happening in Germany. Now it's, I, I don't care what they're doing in Europe. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys who doesn't, uh, in any way, uh, lean toward um, copying what they do in Europe. You know, when people say, "Yeah, this is what they do in Sweden," I don't care about that. Uh, that we're better than they are, and some things they may do better than we do. But normally, I don't even want to hear about what they're doing. But this is not about so much about what they are doing. It's what they've found out based on uh, what they've seen from the coronavirus. So this is Germany. Uh, this is the German Society for Hospital Hygiene and the German Society for Pediatric Infectiology, the German Academy for Pediatric and Adolescent Medicine, and the Professional Association of Pediatricians in Germany. Hey, you think that's uh, enough experts there on kids? Um, <clears throat> that's a pretty long group of uh, large group of people there. German Society for Hospital Hygiene, uh, the German Academy for Pediatric and Adolescent Medicine, and the Professional Association of Pediatricians in Germany. Here's what they said. This is their statement. Okay, this is in Germany. Daycare centers, kindergartens, and primary schools should be reopened as soon as possible, and quote unquote unrestricted just open them up and forget it it's their kids let them go to school and i'll and and you'll see i don't have the um the uh the details on why they said that or but on some of these other countries i do um let's move to the uk this is from um something called the bmg journals uh, bmj journals i don't know what that means but at the art it's the archives of disease in diseases in childhood okay uh, and it says here, evidence, This is there's a, a lot of um, technical gobbledygook before this, but it sums up with this. Evidence is therefore emerging that children could be significantly less likely to become infected than adults. Now, this is going to be a theme you're going to hear from all around the world. And here's a, uh, an example. This is what they found. A case study in the French Alps included a child with COVID-19 who failed to transmit it to any other person despite exposure to more than a hundred children in different schools and a ski resort. Nobody got it from the kid. He was around a hundred kids, okay? Uh, in New South Wales, Australia, we'll have more from Australia in a minute. In New South Wales, Australia, none of 735 students and 128 staff contracted COVID-19 from nine child and nine adult initial school cases despite close contact. So they weren't staying six feet away from each other. I think it's 1.5 meters over there in Europe. Anyway, it's six feet over here. So so there it is. Um, <clears throat> none of 735 students and 128 staff contracted the disease from nine child and nine adult initial school cases despite close contact. So they were, they were you know, being kids. In the Netherlands, we'll have more on from the Netherlands too. In the Netherlands, separate data from primary care and household studies suggest SARS-CoV-2 is mainly spread between adults and from adult family members to children. So, <clears throat> this is what they go on to say in the UK. Governments worldwide should allow all children 
Let me say that again. This is what they decided in the U.K. after looking at all the evidence. Governments worldwide should allow all children back to school regardless of comorbidities, having other diseases. Detailed surveillance will be needed to confirm the safety of this approach, despite recent analysis demonstrating the ineffectiveness of school closures in the recent past. The media highlight of a possible rare new Kawasaki-like disease that may or may not be due to SARS-CoV-2 I guess that's what they're calling COVID-19. I don't know. But that does not change the fact that severe COVID-19 is as rare as many other serious infection syndromes in children that do not cause schools to be closed. But the bottom line from the U.K., governments worldwide should allow all children back to school regardless of morbidities. Uh, Where do I want to go next around the world? Um, How about Iceland? That's a nice country. It's kind of cold. And not a lot of people there, but Roger Highfield, science director, uh, was interviewed uh, and talked to Carl Stephenson, whose genetic sequencing project has revealed how the U.K. infected Iceland. The children don't seem to infect parents and how to to control COVID-19. So what does your testing program tell tell, tell us, he's asked. Well, because Iceland's epidemic is so well documented, we are able to provide the world with a large amount of information on how the infection was caught, the way it spreads, and how it mutates as it spreads. This molecular epidemiology can reveal the geographic origin of the virus in every single case. First and foremost, other nations should look at how Iceland contained the pandemic because it is working. However... Because the virus has spread to the extent that it has, unless we continue to test and isolate, we are likely to fail in our efforts to contain the virus. We have taken a middle-of-the-road approach rather than lockdown. Here we go now. Elementary schools, child care, and stores are still open, for example, but we have banned gatherings of more than 20 people and closed theaters and concert halls. But elementary schools, child care, and stores are still open. We have done it in a relaxed way, but there are three exceptions. And they go on to talk about that. But uh, this is the interesting thing. This is what they discovered in Iceland. Men are much more likely to become infected than women. If women get infected, they do not get as sick as men. Children under 10 are less likely to get infected than adults. And if they get infected, they are less likely to get seriously ill. What is interesting is that even if children do get infected, they are less likely to transmit the disease to others than adults. We have not found. Here's the here's the uh, here's the uh, the big sentence here. We have this is in the entire country of Iceland. I know it's not big, but it's Iceland. Okay, it's a lot of people. You know, relatively speaking, we have not found a single instance of a child infecting parents. Did you get that? They've been studying for a long time. We have not found a single instance of a child infecting parents. I have more from around the world. Uh, I think I should take a break now, and when we come back, we'll get to that. Stick around. have helped build my pillow into the amazing company that it is today now mike lindell the inventor and ceo of my pillow wants to give back to our listeners you can get great discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials you're going to see some amazing offers right now my pillow is offering an exclusive radio special today they're offering buy one get one free on a variety of their amazing products including the supima my pillows my pillow towels, roll and go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to mypillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. My pillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Armchair psychologists have tried and failed to throw doubt on President Trump's sanity, but there's a new book that puts truly insane rulers in historic perspective. 
It's called History's Nine Most Insane Rulers. Author Scott Rank has unearthed the real lives of the nine most mentally unbalanced leaders through the ages. Some suffered from schizophrenia, like King Charles VI of France, who thought he was made of glass. Then there's Ottoman Sultan Ibrahim, the first who practiced his archery skills by pointing his arrows at his palace servants. And how about the president for life of Turkmenistan, who named the days of the week after himself? There's a serious side to all this. Power can be addictive and destructive for those who hold on to it for too long. This book, History's Nine Most Insane Rulers, takes an in-depth look at the toxic mixture of absolute power and insanity. Are insane rulers a relic of the age of monarchs? Get the surprising answers in the new book, History's Nine Most Insane Rulers by Scott Rank. Order it today at Amazon or wherever books are sold. The coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately. But something good that's come from it all is that Americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on China and other nations for the products that we need most. Enough is enough. Authentically American is a veteran-owned, patriotic, made-in-USA apparel company. They produce the highest quality apparel you can find, and it's all American-made. While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURG to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURG to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURG. Where is yours made? Migraines can attack anytime, anywhere. Now there's a new kind of pill you can take anytime, anywhere to treat them. Introducing Ubrelvi or Ubrojapant. Ubrelvi can provide relief from migraine pain and debilitating symptoms without worrying where you are or if it's too late. People took Ubrelvi within four hours of a migraine attack. One dose can quickly stop a migraine in its tracks within two hours, and many had pain relief in just one hour. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for migraine prevention. It is available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Few people had side effects. The most common were nausea, 2 to 4%, and tiredness, 2 to 3%. While normal routines have shifted, the need for migraine treatment remains the same. Contact your healthcare provider to see if Ubrelvi is right for you. Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn about support and resources at ubrelvi.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by Allergan. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So we're taking a trip around the world to show how ridiculous it is that uh, schools in America have shut down and stayed shut down and may, who knows what's going to happen, happen in December and the kids aren't allowed to play together on fields and have pickup games. Not that uh, anybody does that anymore, but even if they wanted to, they couldn't. So uh, let's move around now. And by the way, um, this uh, i got to credit Phil Kirpin. He was on the show yesterday. Um, and uh, he wrote a, he talked about some of this stuff yesterday, but um, he wrote a piece for the Federalist today, and he linked to all these stories uh, that, and it, it, within his column. And I went to the links and looked at them, and uh, I was stunned just stunned at what's going on around the world. So this is the Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands will start uh, reopening primary schools and daycare centers on May 11th. So I, I, I'm guessing that they did that. Uh, but organized events remain banned until September 1. But here's uh, this is, this is uh, what it says. So just keep in mind what's going on here. The decision to reopen schools is based on a wide range of research which shows that young children, here we go again, are unlikely to pass on the virus or develop serious symptoms themselves. That's according to Jop Van Diesel, head of the Public Health Institute, RIVM. There are no clusters in which schools would appear to be a hot spot, he said. And the closure of the schools has had, you ready? No impact on the spread. So um, if your kids have been home for two months and you're getting a little tired of that, and uh, you're not gonna, they're, they're going to be home because they're not going to go back to school, obviously, uh, it may not have done anything to prevent the spread of the disease because it, it didn't in, uh, in the Netherlands. The, uh, the closure of the schools has had no impact on the spread. Teachers will have the right to be tested for the virus if they have symptoms. Then they go on to sports. 
Young children will also be allowed to resume taking part in team sports, but without formal matches, which pose a bigger risk of spreading the virus. The under-18s may also take part in team sport training again, provided they keep to the 1.5-meter rule. So that's their social distancing. The ban on events is being extended from June 1st to September 1st because we can't cope with the risks, according to uh, somebody, one of the, some government official. He said this means no professional football until September 1st. That's uh, soccer for you Americans. But um, no indication at all that closing the schools stopped the spread of the virus. Now, we haven't heard that yet here in the United States of America, but What's the reaction going to be if that turns out to be the case, that you, you, we find out that closing the schools did not uh, prevent the spread of the virus? All right, I'm going to finish here with Australia. And this is a, this is a, this is a really good one. So I'm going to read a lot of this. But um, this is from an opinion piece by the Australian government's deputy chief medical officer, Nick Coatsworth. As a country, we are largely heading in the same direction in relation to how best to school our children while we battle coronavirus. However, different states and territories are moving at a different pace, and this has led to a sense of confusion. We know all about that over here. To address this confusion, which is so frustrating for parents, teachers, and students, we need to go back to the evidence. Ready for the evidence now. And then we need to go beyond that and build our community's trust in our schooling recommendations. When school closures were initially proposed to control an epidemic, planners had influenza in mind. Flu spreading within schools and children are the main source for transmission in the community, but COVID-19 is not the flu. Far fewer children are affected by COVID-19, and the number of transmissions from children to children and children to adults is far less. Some have said the evidence is not this clear, but as an infectious disease specialist, I have examined all of the support Uh, avoiding um, uh, classroom learning as a means to control COVID-19. The national position remains that face-to-face teaching is safe. By contrast, there is plenty of public health evidence that stopping face-to-face teaching can damage society. Firstly, the disruption to routine and socialization, while temporary, tends to have a disproportionate effect on our more vulnerable children. School is a critical element of good health across all age ranges. Secondly, it increases stress within the family environment with parents having to juggle homeschooling and work. 62% of Australian families have two working parents. Parents extend their working day into the evening to compensate for the need to homeschool. And so uh, how do we get uh, face-to-face teaching for all our kids started again? It's a matter of trust. Every day when we drop our children off at school, we demonstrate trust. We trust the school to keep our kids safe, and we trust our teachers to care and nurture them. We need to trust the evidence that says it's safe for our children to be taught at school. That is Australia. So we took a nice trip around the world. And uh, they seem to be, um, I don't know, maybe it wasn't as apparent to you as it was to me reading all this, but it seems that maybe that uh, they're overprotecting the kids here in America. And that maybe kids should be allowed, if they're not going to let them back in school, which it's too late to do that now, but if they're not, you know, not going to go to school, um, would it be okay to let them play Little League Baseball again or you know, to maybe have pickup games uh, up at the uh, neighborhood field or one of the high school fields? That's that's where we are, and uh, I wanted to get all that in there because it just stunned me that uh, I don't care what the countries are doing as a result of it, although that it is interesting that they're saying go back to school, but it's a country after country, they've discovered the same thing, that the kids are not being infected, and we have the same stats here, that the kids from 0 to 18 um, suffering serious uh, uh, symptoms of this disease is below zero. It's not even large enough. The number's not even big enough to register. It's it's it owes points. So let the kids be kids. Let them go back to play and stop the insanity, please. When we come back, speaking of insanity, uh, Representative Mike Kelly, Congressman from the 16th District, on his visit to the View the other day, and he wants the lockdown to get be over with. We'll talk about that when we come back.
With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. A sharply divided U.S. Senate has confirmed John Ratcliffe as Director of National Intelligence. Democrats refused to support the nomination over fears that he would politicize the intelligence community's work under President Trump. A victory for Michael Flynn's defense team. Meanwhile, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals now ordering the judge handling the criminal case against the president's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, to respond to a request by the defense to dismiss the case. The DOJ two weeks ago moved to abandon its own case against Flynn, but the U.S. District Court judge in the case, Emmett Sullivan, instead appointed a former federal judge to argue against that request and submitted a schedule to allow third parties to submit arguments in the case. Meanwhile, President Trump says the U.S. is pulling out of a global treaty that allows unarmed observation flights over each other's territory. This is SRN News. Are you tired of some of the movies that Hollywood puts out? Why not redeem the time you're spending at home with family and watch something that affirms your values? For a limited time, you can purchase No Safe Spaces, a film that reveals how freedom of speech is being threatened and how some are even attacked for their Christian beliefs right here in America. Freedom of speech is important for the spread of the gospel. Truth flourishes where it's allowed to be heard. But your speech and beliefs are under attack now more than ever. People have been accused of hate speech for simply speaking about the gospel. And some politicians have threatened to permanently shut down churches because of the pandemic. There is no more important time to watch No Safe Spaces. Go to nosafespaces.com. Use the code SAVE25 to get 25% off your purchase. That's SAVE25. This offer is only available for a limited time. Go to nosafespaces.com today. Dennis Prager sees power out of control. They really can do anything. That is that is clear. The left can get away with anything. To do what a leftist wants, which is to increase the power of government and think that you're saving lives while you're doing it, you're entering the realm of, of uh, pure joy, of ecstasy. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250, The Answer. We're all looking for TV shows to fill all the time we have on our hands these days, and here's a show that you can watch with your family. It's No Safe Spaces, starring Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla, the number one political documentary of 2019. It's all about how our foundational American values have come under attack, especially on college campuses. Hollywood doesn't want you to see this movie. You won't find it on Netflix, but it's now available for a limited time at nosafespaces.com. It's No Safe Spaces at nosafespaces.com. Enter save 25, get 25% off. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokalski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer. Giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen. Learn, be well. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP-Pittsburgh. W223CS-Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Seeing that accident in the Strip District, 32nd Street at Liberty Avenue. If you are on the Parkway East, looks like everything's moving along pretty well now. Your travel time takes you about 13 minutes between downtown and Monroeville. On the Parkway West, that's looking like a 21-minute trip from downtown out to the Beaver Valley Expressway. Work on the PA Turnpike westbound side between Cranberry and Beaver Valley. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, mostly cloudy. 
with an evening shower in spots, followed by periods of rain late and a low 57. Mainly cloudy tomorrow, with a few showers and a thunderstorm and a high 71. Rather cloudy still tomorrow night, with areas of fog late and a low 59. Variable cloudiness Saturday with a high 78. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, I don't make a habit of watching The View uh, on ABC, uh, probably because I'm a you know a regular human being, but I did happen to catch Congressman Mike Kelly of the 16th District on the show on Tuesday talking about taking hydroxychloroquine after he came down with COVID-19. Uh, this was the day after President Trump had been trashed by the media for admitting that he had been taking uh, hydroxychloroquine. So uh, Congressman Kelly joins us now. Congressman, thanks for being here. Oh, John, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So <laughs> when did you find out that you had the Wuhan virus? <laughs> oh, so St. Patrick's Week? I, I don't call it St. Patrick's Day with a name like Mike Kelly. It's got to be a whole weekend for a lot of us, a whole month. But uh, I started to get... I thought, I thought I just had a, had the flu. By the next mm-hmm. week, I was feeling really bad, and my wife said, you better go get tested. Someone got tested uh, at the Butler Hospital. They said, hey, you know what? You tested positive. Uh, here's what we're going to do. And so I started taking something called a Z-Pack, and then my doctor and I were talking, and he said, you know what? There is something else that may be very beneficial to you. And I said, oh, yeah, well, what is it? And he said, well, it's something called hydroxychloroquine. I've, I've never heard of it. He said, no, there's no reason to you here to have heard about it. You know, a lot of our seniors take it for respiratory problems, and it hasn't been linked to any definite uh, cure for this, but it's something that you may want to consider. So we talked about it for a while. He said, here's the pluses, here's the minuses. Uh, what, do, what do you think? And I said, you know what? I, I think I want to try it. Um, and so I did. Now, John, I was sick for probably a good part of, of, of 10 days, but I never had the respiratory problems. And as you know, a good friend of mine who I grew up with, Terry Hanratty, uh, yeah. and, and I was talking because he also had it. He had this thing. He said, man, are, are you having trouble breathing? I said, no. And he, he said, you're not. I said, no, I'm not having any problems at all. He, uh, but I, I, I am tired. I'm exhausted. I'm not eating. Uh, I've got headaches and everything else that goes with it. He goes, my gosh, uh, you're, you're really fortunate. And then the more I read about hydroxychloroquine, I said, maybe that's the reason I didn't have the rest of the problems. Now, I'm not saying to everybody this is what you should be doing. I'm saying consult with your doctor, consult with people who are trained, consult with people who actually know all this, and then make a decision based on what you think is best for the situation you're in. Uh, I just think that, look, you know, no matter what President Trump does, somebody's going to say this guy, uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's He's the other thing. If President Obama would say, I think it's a good idea, uh, you you see these lefties go flying and say, oh, he knows, he knows. Uh, For me, it wasn't about President Trump. It wasn't about anything other than the fact that I was sick. I talked to my doctor. My doctor offered me an option that was that what he thought would be positive for me, and I thought would be positive, and I made the decision to take it. I don't think. I think that's the way people operate. I, I don't know of any other way yeah. to address things. Well, um, I I thought I heard that Terry Hanratty uh, ended up taking it and gave it credit for. He said it saved his life. If I remember yeah, correctly, well, see, that, that's right, and that is what happened. And he and I talked about it, and uh, I think with Terry, uh, again, what he went through and what I went through, same same virus, and it, I think maybe his was more severe than mine. I know for Terry, even mm-hmm. when, it, when we're protecting back and forth every day, when they finally took him out of the hospital and took him home, they had to carry him to his upstairs bedroom. He could not do that. Now, John, I will tell you this. Uh, this is a guy that I went to grade school, high school, and college with. Uh, he now is walking about three to three and a half miles a day, getting himself back in shape. But that's just who he is. He is one tough character. But this one was the toughest thing he ever went through. Yeah, he's the same age. Uh, he's about a year older than I am, and uh, he's just, I think he's, you and I are the same age. Um, so you're in the, we are in the uh, endangered uh, group. For t- it's not a good thing for people our age to get it. But um, no. you know, if, if, you're in, if you're in good shape, e- even at this age, uh, people are still doing pretty well, uh, uh, even at uh, at this age. I, I had the numbers on Pennsylvania uh, yesterday. Uh, this is and this is what this is the kind of stuff. And I want to get to you, talk to you about the lockdown and everything sure. in a second. Let me see if I can find this. Um, 
Uh, I don't have it, but but the the uh, the PA stats were there were more people who have died in Pennsylvania from the co- uh, coronavirus who are over 100 than under 45. There are more people who have died who are over 85 than under 80. So it's an old people's problem, and it's us- it's mostly an old people's problem. Uh, for, for, for older people who are overweight or uh, in, and suffering from some other kind of what they're called, the first time I've become familiar with the, uh, the term comorbidity. <laughs> so um, uh, that's who's suffering from it. So that's what I wanted to get to because I just spent the last uh, half hour of the show going th- around the world to countries, um, Australia, Netherlands, U.K., Germany. Uh, I didn't mention Switzerland. Uh, that, they also came up with the same thing. Uh, that kids are not um, spreading this disease. They're not. They're not suffering from it uh, with major symptoms, and our schools are closed. And what they're doing in all those countries is opening the schools, and and the government officials are coming out and saying that um, there's no need. We've we've found from our studies that uh, the, there's no need to uh, keep the schools closed, and they're letting kids go back and be kids. So I, I I just don't get the I'm not that confident I don't know about you but I'm not that confident that we're going to see the same reaction from Tom Wolf here in Pennsylvania to the news that kids are not number one infecting their their parents they're not infect, infecting adults and they're not getting right. really sick with it. No I no I agree with you and I uh, I, I had just read an article today too that was outlining what was going on and I think what do they call this the Suzuki uh, something or other. Uh, whatever the term is for the the, uh, the strain that the young kids are getting. And what you just said was exactly what I read in this article, and I thought to myself, you know, my gosh, uh, I think this is more the FOMO uh, safety net where he's throwing this out to try and create this panic again that there's this horrible, horrible strain of virus out there and our kids are getting infected with it and they're dying. And that's it's absolutely not true. A lot of the right. narrative that out, is out there is just this panic panic-driven uh, narrative that's out there that's making people, you know, look, think, oh, my God, is this, is this another phase and we're not ready for it? Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, look, this this coronavirus is serious. Uh, anything that happens with our children, of course, is serious. But you and I both know, growing up, I, I can tell you this. If I, if I was sick, uh, my mom would say, you know what, I want you to stay home today. I don't want any other children in your room to get sick. But it was right. always, wash your hands, cover your face if you cough. Uh, you, you know, just do the stay home if you're sick. It's just doing the smart thing. Most of the data on this uh, other virus that you're talking about with children, there's, it's not anywhere near as serious as they would like you to believe. They being whoever these fear mongers that are out there that feed off this idea that somehow, if we can do kind of a parody on the world, the, the war of the world, uh, people will, be, will become so panic-stricken, they just won't be able to move. And I think that's what happened. Listen, I don't think there's anything better for children, by the way, than doing the way things we grew up, because you said we're about the same age. We spent all our time outside with other yep. kids. We played games all day. The big thing was, you better be home at night before the street lights come on. That's when it was not, that's when your parents wanted you to get up in the morning, go out, come home for lunch. I mean, John, how, how many times have we played baseball all day, all day, yep. not for an hour or two, but all day, and we forged the best friendships people could ever have. But you know what we're going through right now? Listen, the pandemic is bad enough. But to to get people panic stricken, where they just are frozen and they can't move, that is very unfair to do to people. Uh, talking about what we're talking about this coronavirus, one of the spinoffs for me has been to find out what Dr. McDyer is doing at UPMC, uh, and talking about an immune the immune the immunity uh, things they come up with and the therapies that they come up with. I'm now mm-hmm. donating my plasma, and I feel confident that the people who take care of us medically. Go to them and find out what they're saying. Look at what you can do as an individual to keep from spreading it. Look what you can do as an individual once you recover to help discover something that will help in the future, making sure that nobody has to suffer through this. We're talking to Congressman Mike Kelly from the 16th District, uh, who had the, uh, the, the Wuhan virus and uh, believes he was helped uh, a lot by hydroxychloroquine. But uh, that, that let's move on to some other things here. I'm just wondering... Um, uh, Congressman, if you think we've reached the point where it's, you know, at least a tie between the damage that the virus has done and the damage that the lockdown has done and is still doing. 
Yeah. Well, I, John, I think we've learned enough now that if you have the virus, you know how you can contain it and mitigate mm-hmm. it. Uh, I think as far as our businesses are concerned, uh, look, we've got to get open again. And we can, wor- we can work in a, in a very safe and smart environment. Uh, I've been in small business all my life. Uh, and you know what? We are able to adjust to whatever the conditions are. It could be anything across the board, by the way. Uh, but this economic situation that we're in right now, this is not because of a, a policy blunder or a foolish movement by somebody that created a, a policy that would cause businesses to shut down. This is all in reaction to a flu. And now we've got to look and say, listen, we know how to be safe. We know we can open our businesses and do it smart. What I don't understand is coming out of Harrisburg, and I think the governor early on was acting in what he thought were the best interests of people, but now it's going beyond the point of, you know what? You're causing such economic damage and the mental strain that you're putting on, on people, business owners, they're going to put people out of business that have been in business for years simply because they locked them down. And when you ask why, well, the answer is, well, because, uh, because this is what I've determined. You say, is it based on the data? To a, to a extent, it is. Uh, and the rest of it is just personal poor leadership. My, my feeling, you know it yourself. We've been around sports all our life. I have seen teams with great talent fail because they had lousy coaching. And by the same token, I've seen teams with average talent win championships because of great coaching. We have mm-hmm. a lousy coach, head coach in Harrisburg right now who doesn't know how to work with the assets that he has and is following a path of destruction economically for this city. Pittsburgh's been locked up way, way, way too long. When you hear what, uh, what Rich, Rich is going through and, and what Mayor Peduto is going through and looking at the damage, the economic damage. Do we want people to be safe and healthy? Absolutely. We don't want to kill off every stream of revenue that runs these wonderful programs, and that is from successful businesses and people who are working paying taxes. Yeah, and I, uh, it's just, it seems like they're, I mean, it's, it's easy to understand. Uh, maybe it's easy to understand the panic at the beginning because we didn't know, they didn't know, nobody knew what they were dealing with really. But there's enough evidence now to show that this is a this is a disease that uh, mostly affects old people. And what uh, what they did in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York, it seems to me, is uh, they they're responsible for the deaths of lots of people in nursing homes because they spent their time uh, making sure that uh, everybody else was hiding in their homes while they while they didn't take care of the people who were most vulnerable. Absolutely. They were so busy uh, on this, this fear-mongering and painting this picture that if you even go outside, my gosh, you're going to die. Uh, the numbers that you just talked about are absolutely true, and the most vulnerable in every society are the weakest. That's just the way it is. Now, you and I have friends uh, who have reached, reached the age. I'm at 72 right now. I have friends right now who are very, very ill uh, with other, other, other remedies or other diseases. I have been so blessed in my life. I haven't had that happen to me. Uh, and, and you look at it and say, well, of course, as you get older, you are more susceptible. Your immune system breaks down. Your ability mm-hmm. to fight off disease breaks down, and you become very, very vulnerable. And I think that's what's happened. But for these folks that are in these leadership positions to have a blind eye to where the real problem is and a deaf ear to the cries of the public, we're saying we have to get back to work. We cannot continue to stay locked on. It will be the end of our ability to even open our businesses back up. And for a leadership uh, group that out of Harrisburg, in this case, is saying, no, you'll open up when I say it's okay for you to open up. And to keep kids out of school when this is not a situation that you just, you just articulated, children don't have the same uh, exposure as older people have. There's a huge difference, and it's true of everything in life. The younger you are, the quicker you recover from an injury. The quicker you recover from an, uh, from an illness, the less likely you are to become injured or ill. As you get older, you become more susceptible to things happening to you, whether it's a fall, that you break a bone, and as a kid you fall down and you jump right back up again. And, and I'm not minimizing this, John. I don't, that's the trouble. We, well, we, want to, we want to push people in a certain direction and say, look, use your best judgment, rely on what you've known your whole life, and listen to the people who really understand this. Don't listen to these fear mongers. They would have you believe that you have to stay in your house for the rest of your life. Well, that's not life. That's a no, lockdown. And, That's not the life we want to live. We want to be out among each other safely. Right. Safely. We've had enough data. 
There's yeah. enough data that that uh, you know we did we we've learned about it and they should react to it. Here's here's the numbers I couldn't find. I mentioned uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, more, uh, more uh, deaths over age 100 than under age 45, more deaths over age 95 than under age 60, and more deaths over 85 than under. Listen to this in Connecticut, uh, Congressman. Uh, more than three times as many over 80. These are deaths. In Connecticut, yeah. more than three times as many over 80 as under 70. Uh, just uh, over nine times as many people over 80 as under 60 have died. And, and so they're, they're still, it's a one-size-fits-all thing that they're trying, and it's not working. So, you know, I wanted to, I only have two minutes left. I wanted to get to you uh, uh, more, uh, a little bit off the subject, but it's sort of the same thing. Uh, what about Nancy Pelosi's stimulus bill that includes payment for illegal aliens? That, that's, a, that's a product of this insanity. You know, all these CARES packages previous to this were actually uh, developed by, by the, both parties working together and working, by the way, with the Secretary of the Treasury, working directly with the administration. This piece the last Friday, this, this HEROES Act. So when you see the athletes coming on, you see the actors coming on, and people, so people recognize saying, hey, we're all in this together. The one thing yeah. I want people to understand, that, that piece of legislation, the HEROES Act, nobody but the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, in her office, developed that whole piece of legislation. So we say we're all in this together, yeah, except for the rest of the Congress. The other people were left out of it completely. Secretary Mnuchin was never involved in it. They tried to jam down a socialist Christmas tree where you could hang everything on that tree that you want, everybody's wish list and everything that uh, some of the pieces were put on, knowing that it would never pass, but they'd use it as a messaging piece to the far left and think, well, see, we passed it out of the House. Well, passing out of the House is easy. I can tell you, you can pass anything out of the House you want if you're in the majority. But then when mm -hmm. it gets to the Senate and then it gets to the White House, the actual deep thinking goes on there and people say, no, 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 not going to happen. If we're addressing the coronavirus, uh, we'll look at it. All these other things, that's not part of the legislation. My God, John. $3 trillion on top of what we've already spent, and a lot of it for projects and policies that you and I and most of the general public would say, no way. Don't spend Congress like that. Congressman, I'm, I'm up against a break, and I'm out of time. Sure. Uh, Congressman Mike Kelly, really great to have you on. I'd like to do it again. Thanks. Anytime, John. Thank you, and thank you for what you're doing. Okay, and uh, we'll be back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers.
Eric Metaxas here. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family. And one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. But what's there to watch? Well, I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary that explores convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus, as written in the Bible, really happen? And the results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at Home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. And immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager and Graham Lotz and me, yours truly, will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in the series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. The stock market is tanking. Unemployment will likely reach an all-time high. Experts are saying the worst is yet to come, but what we need now is a solution. We have Colin Plume, president of Noble Gold, for some advice. What can Americans do now to prepare for a financially secure future? It's time to invest in assets that are sure to maintain value through any economic disaster such as gold, silver, and other precious metals. Holding shares in companies that might not be there next year doesn't make any sense to me. And the markets are made up of hundreds of companies just like this. Take a look Look at the Dow Jones from 25 years ago. There are less than a handful of companies that have survived the test of time, such as Kodak and Westinghouse. But the precious metals market is not only surviving, it's thriving. That's encouraging, Colin. But how do our listeners, especially ones without financial savvy, explore the best strategies for their specific needs? And do we even have gold left? I heard there's a shortage. We have helped thousands secure their investment and ready to help more. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegold investments.com this is the john stacker show on am 1250 and fm 92.5 the answer got less than a minute here here's another interesting uh, note that should be interesting to uh, follow because I, I hope it happens just for the the uh, uh, the i don't know the the uh the carnival the circus that'll follow but scientists believe cannabis could help prevent and treat coronavirus that's weed uh, researchers from the University of Lethbridge said that a study in April showed that at least 13 cannabis plants uh, appeared to affect the ACE2 pathways that the bug uses to access the body. They're talking about uh, mouthwashes, things like that, that can prevent you from getting coronavirus. Not final yet, but let's see if let's see them have an argument about weed like they did about hydroxychloroquine. That should be good. I'm going to try to do a show tomorrow without talking about coronavirus. Can't promise it'll happen, but I'm going to try. Hope you uh, tune in to hear it. I'll see you then or talk to you then. Thanks. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of The Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.